moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. Wow, this is going to be a special episode. Coming to you from the African continent on the last day of 2022. And I'm going to cut what I'll record tomorrow from my home on the European continent. And the first day of 2023. So stay tuned. Let me welcome you with the vibes of Egypt. Through the Moving to Oneness podcast, I'm Mylene, your host. Yeah, I'm here at the Red Sea. I've been enjoying a great week. The wind was pleasant and enough for my husband to be out there and foiling. Soft enough on some days so I could jump into the vastness of the water with my son. I did have to do it a little bit more gentle with him. He did hurt his for just before we came here. So when we scuba dived, he held on and was led. And that was also a really interesting experience. Barely moving, just being underwater and letting the vibrant life pass. Taking the time to really see what is there, to become aware of the plentitude of a coral reef and not having that urge to move forward or that you miss out because what is unfolding right in front of your eyes the spectacle of colors of form of cohabitation of sizes of hiding until you're being seen right there he was a huge blowfish i think it's called in english blending in camouflaging but still being so present in the moment he wanted to be seen, he was seen. And not even having fear when the shark (laughs) came by with speed because we were immersed in a playful, I'm going to use the word fairy-like, but there are no fairies under water, maybe the ocean being similar to the fairies, of tiny, tiny, silver, shiny fish, a whole swarm that we were immersed in, by being present, still, and not moving. That was amazing. So I thank the wind for calming down enough. I could have that experience with my son. And I was in Egypt, was it six years ago? when he came out of the hospital with some difficulties breathing and I went there so he could find his own breathing rhythm. I invited him to learn how to scuba dive and that was so beautiful at that time because you could walk just into the ocean and there already in the Red Sea, life unfolds in front of your eyes. You don't have to go deep. You don't have to go far. There are no boats, 
And he was calm enough at that day to just learn to breathe his own rhythm. And from then, his asthma took a whole different direction and uh, is beautifully healed. Do you have your own rhythm of breathing? <laughs> yeah, I do hope so. And if not, go and find it. Take your time. You don't have to go underwater to find it. You can do it above. Become unified with your environment, wherever you are. And then it is much, much easier. As I said, this coolness of the wind, because, you know, it's December, it's, the days are warm enough. Let's say it's in the low 20s, which is the high 70s, low 80s. And the night's cool, about 8 degrees to 10 degrees, uh, the 40s, low 50s, right? <laughs> I don't know why we still have all these different Fahrenheit and Celsius. Would be nice to unify all of this as well to make things easier. But then on the other side, it keeps us smart <laughs> and on our toes and creative if we think in many dimensions. The wind, what is so nice here, different to the one at home, it comes from inland over these beautiful mountains. I took photographs. I just love it. And then there's maybe a few kilometers of lowland and then boom, it touches the water and then it, the wind starts playing with the water. So the question arises, did you play enough this year? Did you take the time to mingle <laughs> with everything around you or with your family or with your friends, with yourself? Oh, not all that way, but also that way. <laughs> uh, I know I'm a little crazy. That's the German side in me and the Mylenish side. You know, the music here too. So when I was on the beach, and I couldn't be always on the beach, I did have an encounter with the bacteria of this land. And it is so funny. The second day I did a live from the beach talking about the Raunechte, you know, the 12 nights of Epiphany. And the first dream of the first night was all about health and boom. <laughs> health started within my body. And also I had a massage here by, I went into a store, or let's say I was pulled into that store because it has flowers, dried um, hibiscus for the teas, right? And other dried herbs. So that drew me in and bottles of oils in these beautiful oriental Arabian shapes materials, smells, the room was full of velvet, and as it was, beautiful eyes, deep eyes of wisdom and knowledge met me, and I ended up with oils, with creams, with date and viscous teas, and I received a healing from a man, ancient, He was not ancient, but whatever he brought through, we had a, a connection within seconds of total trust for me. 
First of all, I don't speak the language. <laughs> and just following in eyes, gestures, and touch. And I don't know, I got a massage like you would have never believed in your life. I could have gotten, and I did. And so looking back now a week, I know it started also, even before I spoke, but the dreams were there, of moving out residue in my body. So what is moving out with the end of, ye of the year in you? In a way, what are you letting go? Do you also feel that a lot of tension and things within your body you're letting go? And I congratulate you. The wind was always present. Even at night, I could hear it all the time through the window. Like it's and the palm trees bending, the ripples on the water, the sand, which mainly is sand out of rocks, right? Uh, flying, taking information along to share it with others or other things, other beings. And what is the wind taking along from you? What are you sharing with the world? What are you sending out into the world? And ah! Hearing the sounds of Egypt are just mesmerizing. It starts with the music that they're playing on the beach. <laughs> Sometimes it is a total mix of all genres from around the world. You know, Latin American music also moves my body extremely. And then they even mix it, the DJs. And it's fun. The men, and they're mainly men, right? When you see Egyptians in a hotel... 85% I've learned are Muslim and and they left your women at home and their families. The one man mentioned even he used the expression Gastarbeiter. Hmm. They all left home to work here at uh, the Red Sea. Not many people live along the water edge. Most live along the Nile. Most major cities are along the Nile, starting more or less at Sudan, going all the way down to the Mediterranean. So the Nile is the longest river. Yeah, they all left their women at home. Most of these men come for three months I've learned they work here three months and then they go back 400 kilometers to their families or further, right? Because the major cities are along the Nile, like thousands of years, and only a few live really along the Red Sea here for ships to land, resources, right? Trade or tourism. And so smaller cities have developed here. It's hard. And then after these three months, they go home for three weeks. And then the whole rhythm starts again. But anyway, they're very friendly and welcoming and smile a lot. So that's something to take along, I think, into the new year, these smiles, looking at people in a deep way, appreciative way. And that's what I've learned also that culture is all about, community, being there for each other, Making sure the family is okay and their community. 
I was lucky and one day I went with my son to Luxor. It was three hour car trip really fast. Our driver, he was young <laughs> and adventurous. And we were the first tourists who came into Luxor from the east. We still have this little piece of paper. I thought that was so amazing. Yeah, I think uh, he overtook all the vans and buses that started earlier. And you have to go as a caravan. So all tourists come together in the morning, like 5.30, in their buses, the big buses, the small van kind of buses or cars. And uh, the government controls really strictly if you go through the desert somewhere else. They want to make sure you're safe. And on the way over these hills, about three to 400 meters high, I don't know, an hour drive thrust, an hour and a half, just through mountains. There were many places we had to double check again. Uh, military was there, making sure the car and the driver were licensed and we were the people we're supposed to be in that car. So that was so beautiful because on that drive, I wanted to take a nap because we got picked up already five o'clock in the morning, but I couldn't. It was such a strong, intense feeling of having to be awake and observing the sunrise and the change of color as we were driving through those hills. And it was like um, rather abstract because there were no other cars. As I said, this young man, he had overtaken all the other cars and driving in a speed. He did get a ticket. <laughs> I paid for his ticket then when he told me that in the afternoon. With all these pieces of paper being exchanged every uh, few kilometers, I didn't notice it until he did uh, tell me that he had one. I was honored to experience and take it all in. Photographing was very difficult because that vastness and these colors, it's hard to take into camera. So I thought, no, Mylene, just breathe it in, observe it, be aware what is. It was beautiful. I can still remember it. And I'll stay in there forever. And then we came in into Luxor and you could see it from far away because it was a little misty in this or mist in the sky, right? More humid than the greenness. You could start smelling it even in the car. And then for about an hour, we drove west from the edges of the vegetation into Luxor. And there was... <laughs> Again, I, I loved our driver. I, I think I have said that enough, right, on this episode. Every kilometer there was an intersection, and life took place on this intersection. The street went parallel to a channel of water. Behind that was the banks with some houses and homes, and everyone came to this street. You had children going to school. You had the butcher there cutting the cow into pieces. It hung there. You had um, men going on their carriages. And the carriage, I should say, it's one wheel on each side and uh, like a big piece of wood on top. And in front is the driver and one donkey pulling it. And then this beautiful, long 
clothing of this one beautiful flowing color, most natural toned. And also the homes, they were in these uh, brown beige tones along on both sides, you know. But in between, you had the vegetation and the water because in between, you had the food growing. So they live right next to what they harvest. They have a connection to what they harvest. And these colors, because it, the green reflecting then with the blue and this earth tone, the brownish gray earth tone, the beige also uh, brought out the brilliance in each of these colors. And the fascinating part is uh, the family builds the base of the house and for the eldest son, then there is uh, the next level is built. And if there's another son, the next level is built and they live there with their families. And you could see on top still the steel rods coming out and you thought, or I did, first moment they're unfinished homes, but they're just waiting to keep on building when the next son and his family moves in. Yeah, and then the fat is... As a painter, <laughs> I loved it because then they had all these balconies and only the back wall of the balcony was then totally colored and murals painted on it. Beautifully. Uh, flowers. Many had flowers. Some had beautiful or uh, shapes, geometric shapes. Ah, everywhere. So I thought what love they have to uh, creating this juxtaposition and spending in life in that vibrancy, <laughs> even on their balcony. Mm, I loved it. And yeah, Egypt is growing extremely and many, many schools are being built. I think in Luxor there were 850 schools. Now don't ask me how many people live there. Please look it up. <laughs> but that's a lot. And they're building new areas in front of uh, Luxor, and I forgot the name. Ah, drove by, old and new, and they have new parts where they're building new universities, new hospitals uh, for people to live and work. So they're moving a little bit into the desert, yeah, to make sure the population has a beautiful place to live. And the energies of Luxor, oh, let me go back. This vibrancy of this rhythm that was taking place on these intersections. You had one street, no middle line, but most of the time, maybe enough space for three trucks next to each other. But both sides were overtaking little taxis, little buses, people on bikes or motorcycles, and um, those donkey pulled carts. So our driver, Kiro, he had a way of speeding up and slowing down just fast enough and long enough for this intersection. And I remember that, oh, you have a fascinating rhythm here going. And uh, he said, yeah, because those are my people. Nothing is going to happen to them. I thought, wow, fascinating thought, right? The children, the elderly, the busy business people, stop, go, cross-section with no, I mean, there are no lights, but then you also have more or less the shops at the corner. I mean, there are no shops. It's just people mingling at the edges and selling and trading and bartering. 
I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And that's community. And I miss it a little bit. <laughs> it's too quiet sometimes in our Western world. Ooh, it comes with a song. Who sang that? No, 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 Western world. <laughs> oh, I'm going on and on. But let me tell me you really quick a little bit also about the energies of, of Luxor. And again, when you're aligned, even with people you meet or you come together fit, once we arrived in Luxor, a um, archaeologist uh, got into the car with us, a guide, and he shared wisdom about the culture. My son had, ma had many questions. Uh, he spoke really well German. And what the fascinating part was that he was now studying, and he was a man also like me, you know, in his 50s, was studying the things behind. So Luxor was his hometown, and the temples there were his specialty that he had studied in college. But now he wanted to learn what is behind. So he had a way of bringing this complex philosophy, lifestyle, or life philosophy, culture, history, over to me and my son in such a simple way that I can remember all of it. It's a gift. And I could speak a little bit about my spirituality, and he understood, because he was now interested what is behind things we can't see. And it's the same for the ex ex excavations, <laughs> the digging that's happening, that's happening here in Egypt. And he shared us the passage of uh, the pharaoh, right? From the morning sun crossing the Nile, going into the shadow side, going into his grave. And... On the grave, we started on that side, and there was no one. Somehow, wherever he brought us, there were no people. We were so led, thank you, spirits, that my son and I could take in the energies. And the biggest energy was in the Valley of the Dead, just standing in the center of it, because it has this huge pyramid out of rock and stone. And in that valley, they have 63 Uh, graves and different ones that were dug in there. Sometimes they had to test for how easily it was to dig into it. Then if they would start digging, they maybe didn't get done fast enough before a pharaoh died. And sometimes they had enough time, they did really deep ones. And then how it changed also over the thousands of years. One thing was very important for him for us uh, to understand is that these graves were really thought through of how each phase was created so first they dug right a team went in to dig behind that came another team that was smoothing out the walls so you could paint on them then came in the team that drew everything with red And then came the next team, well, how do I do that right? With black, yes. Then they drew everything away the black, deeper, and then it got etched. 
and then later they came in with golden blue and at the, the most the masters of painting came in last he wanted to really make sure that I understand that it was more or less like a production production line but in a way because it's a linear concept like intention lines if you think about it right linear how everything is functioning for us in some of the graves that we saw, I really could see that. And in those texts and the paintings were then from the pharaoh telling the gods what he has done, that he has taken care of his people while he was ruling. Yeah. And being in there, and even though all of them had been robbed, many also shortly just after they had been closed, even though they were trying to hide it, you could feel the preciousness, the love, the dedication to the work, to that mountain, because it really is, if you think right under the Pleiades, right? Like in Hawaii, you have so many places in Bosnia that are pyramids with a lot of information that we don't really acknowledge, but they're there and still nations over now thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years what a gift that i could be there and i think here uh, my husband he follows the wind and i tag along and <laughs> later on i know that the wind brought us there and for different reasons to experience different things and thank you wind <laughs> so connected that was a beautiful day. So as the people then came, we looked at three different graves. We went back over the Nile alone on that boat. I mean, <laughs> it's like people disappeared or didn't go on that boat. And we went on that boat and then it left. And we could go for a little longer because we had a little bit more time because not so many people were getting on and off. We came by an old boat and the sailboats, they still look alike. Ah, and I, I did get one feeling right away on the Nile, sensing I have to come back and go up the Nile or down, depends how you want to see it, in the direction of the Sudan. Uh, first of all, there's still the, the Hort, Hor, Horus uh, Temple. If it wouldn't be for Horus, I wouldn't be a channel. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. That's a whole different new story. <laughs> I have to put that in my book. I have to go back. And maybe some of you want to join me. Yeah, and the hustle and the bustle. And you could feel it that whatever the vibe was there, was there for, again, thousands and thousands of years. And we came by by the excavation site, and they're still looking for graves. And the excavation is done by Germans, I've learned, since 1902. And I thought people from around the world are looking for history. And I learned, no, it's not this way. I think the University of Tübingen is there since. And we, we drove even by that house where they are. And they're finding, you know, so many other places. And now they all the graves of the kings, anyone who served, the pharaohs, the women, the queens, mm, 
the rock there mummifies people, right? You can find now people 5,000 years old with skin and hair, and they're just uh, crouched a little bit in their form. And then I saw also a video about a researcher. He's looking at why these colors have been holding their color for these thousands of years. So that's interesting. So we're going to learn so much more, right? So we always, maybe it's the way of the industrial age that coined many cultures as rather stupid. And luckily, you know, we're seeing that none of us are stupid at all. Uh, I hope soon we all also will be living after that philosophy of no judgment and that we are all one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the food was beautiful. And on the other side of the Nile, sitting outside, eating, I ate. What the heck? Even the days afterwards, I was cleansing again myself. <laughs> Involuntarily. But that's okay. Ah, and the food. Delicious. I love eating also with the fingers. And I didn't matter. And the coffee, you know, the it is different. It's good. And I love really to pull in the foods of a region. So I explore, and even though I know then the last two days I've been <laughs> more or less in the restroom, but doesn't matter if you have these experiences. And again, thank you, Spirit. Nothing. I was totally well <laughs> the last day and a half to do this scuba diving and this excursion to Luxor. So you see, when you have to do things that are truly for you to do, nothing is in the way. Like there were no people in the way. It's like, I'm going to say, Moses opens up the path, right? The water even moves away. That's one of my teachings. That's what I've learned over the last two decades too. You go into a co-creation with everything existing and so that I don't lose energy or there's no waste of time right so we ate in the shade under the sun at the Nile with greenery around oh, I love that fascinating food as I said a great coffee we went then to the Karnak temple it's a, a huge complex over again several pharaohs have built onto that. And there were moments of emptiness. I could walk past, there's a, a line of, I don't know, 20 areas on each side moving into the temple alone. <laughs> no, no, no one was there except my son and a lovely guide. And here and there I had to touch stone and was everywhere we went. I'm, I'm jumping and I could feel the wisdom exchanging. And then when we were under these columns, these famous columns that you've seen in the movie by Agatha Christian, Death at the Nile, I think it's called, or in one of the Bond movies, and for the younger generation in Transformers. <laughs> yeah. So these places, every generation comes back here and fills up. And he explained how, you know, every little nook of this uh, temple 
history and you could feel the passion. And I was so lucky to have a man with this passion share his history. That is priceless. And he gave us time to soak it in. For one moment, I even went, you know, where these um, columns are. There is a one point, because they're taller in the middle, and then they have a side wing. But there's a cross, and it's like the wind directions again, right? Like a medicine wheel. It's over and over. All cultures use it. It's north-south, east-west, and the in the cross-section, right? Uh, not cross-section, the intersection when you step there. I went back for a moment. I said, Tilo, the name of my son, I have to feel the energy flowing right into this ancient temple, right? That's dedicated to the wind, aligned with the wind. And I stood there and <laughs> got moved. You know, I, then I get moved in a spiral when I connect. And uh, again, I was in there. And for that moment, I had a clear view. There was no one east, west. There were further away. There were people north, south. But I could stay there for a while and really connect and take in and soak in this connection of this light beam, this information beam. And then the mysteries. Right, the mysteries. You go a few feet on, there is this obelisk. Oh, I now forgot the date. But it's tall. It's 30 meters tall. A perfectly made, no mistake in the carvings. Crystal sharp, clear carvings. The edges are pristine. And the degree, like you can send a laser, a straight laser line from one edge you can bottom to the top. The gold on top has been taken off. Someone stole it. <laughs> and they climbed up there and got that over the thousands of years. So this one obelisk was standing and the other obelisk uh, had fallen over. And you only had the last, uh, I think, 10 meters. Uh, you could go around and touch it and, and see really the precision work. Others were gifted away already in Roman time. One stands in Paris, one stands in Rome, and one stands in Istanbul. I've touched the ones in Rome, uh, the one in Rome and the one in, in Paris, but I've not touched one in Istanbul. But that's on my my bucket list now. I didn't th think that it would become important, but now I know I do have to. Uh, touch them. Naya. And you know, those are my colors that stone, the beige where I live now in uh, in Germany. The rocks are similar color, and that's why I love living where I live in the of Franconia in Bavaria. Why well, I told you this is a long episode, but it doesn't matter. So much happened and and when you side you hear like <laughs> the crows. Wow, last time too I was here conversing with the crows. They have been speaking with me all week. And even this morning I was at the beach for a little bit only, as I mentioned. 
But one came to me and spoke with me and sat next to me. One guy even came over. I couldn't believe I was talking <laughs> to a crow. And the crow was talking back to me. Also, one day my son was sitting there and one crow came to him. And uh, just spending time next to his head. So crows are very important for me. And also when I lived in the U.S., I created a crow's nest. So it was a design I designed for one of my clients. So kudos to you, dear crows, for your wisdom. I thank you for your healing, for your exchange, for your teachings. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So now time is flying. I hope I was able to give you along a little bit of the flavor of this land, the, the smells, um, and the sense of the oils, the taste of the food, the warmth of the sun here, uh, the, 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 the alginess of the water, <laughs> and the gushing of the wind. And what a day to end the year. What energy to end the year with. And I wish that you all take the best of 2022 with you. And I'll go now on my way to the airport. And I'll sp speak with you tomorrow. And until then, I wish you a happy new year. We say in German, ein guten Rutsch. That means that good slide in uh, to the new year celebrate have fun i will be on the autobahn when uh, we are going to move from one year into the other wherever you are enjoy the people around you and i will speak with you in the new year bye bye happy new year <laughs> everyone happy new year happy new year me now from germany and uh, as i had envisioned the trip was fantastic already in the bus to the airport yesterday on the 31st of december 2022 i had a fantastic conversation with the gentleman i learned so much more about egypt how they see us and how thankful they are to tourists, to cultural, to the countries we come from. This gentleman, he was really happy about Germany. What did he say? I think Germany gave 500 rescue cars that bring people to the hospital from Mercedes. So they were very thankful. And I don't know, he wanted to talk on a radio show here. Maybe I can connect him. And that will be fascinating. And he shared so much more with the culture. But today, Sunday, January 1st, 2023, I want to talk about now and the future. <laughs> Because that's why I was yesterday in Egypt. That's why I'm here in Germany today. It is this bringing it together. And Egypt stood for this right? It stood or stands and will stand for the connectivity, to connectivity for the ground, to the star nations, to uh, the cosmos, the metaverse, uh, which we are a part of, of uh, bringing more information, of understanding, of bringing light for us to share our light, 
better. And 2023 will be that year. It will be fun. Yes, chaos. But we are getting more accustomed to live in chaos because we are more flexible. We are less stagnant. Uh, we are going to work so much more in community finally people will find together that have a common thread um yeah and i don't know how you celebrated yesterday into today right with friends with family with a lot of laughter with joy dancing or maybe in contemplation quietly maybe you did a ritual burned uh, papers of what you wanted to let go and invite new things into your life uh, that you desire to come in or what you want to work in, what you want to bring into fruition. <laughs> so, wow, wow, wow. I had my family, as I said. I was on the Autobahn until we got the car out of the plane. It was about quarter past 11 when we started. It takes about an hour and a half with no traffic, no traffic on the highway. And... God, maybe at 11.30 it started, the horizon, we could see the fireworks. The last few years we couldn't have fireworks, corona and other reasons. And this year people were already celebrating early enough going on the streets. And I had this huge 360 degree view. Okay, here and there, there were some trees maybe in the way. And I was driving so much through nature. But it was fascinating to see this array of color, excitement. And even at the end, an hour after midnight, we were coming through a tiny town. I live in a small town and we have to drive through a few other small towns. Uh, the, the youth was outside still creating noise with the, with the fireworks and uh, celebrating life and yeah, so celebrating life is going to be strong this year. That's why this health, ooh, my plane ride, <laughs> I think the first time in my life I had to use a certain bag in the uh, and But in that moment next to us, there was a beautiful a family. They gave me Egyptian medicine. You put it on your tongue and you feel much better within 10 minutes. And you don't even need water to drink anything. Ooh, that helped me. And we got to learn a little bit about their culture. He was German. She was uh, from Egypt, right? Anyway, the, 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 the last week and uh, also in this plane again, there were people from around the world. And we landed in Munich. And from there, they dispersed into all other countries surrounding Germany or flying further away. Uh, in the hotel, as I said, you know, these... All of us are coming together. This is really oneness, right? Coming together, learning about each other, living with each other, marrying each other, playing with each other. This is starting again. The borders are going to dissolve. Wow, wow, wow. What a fantastic time is ahead of us. Yeah, a little of chaos, but I invite you to put your vision as you I know all of you who are listening anyway. You look on to the future. You set your vision in the future. You heal your path. I know you love all of you. love so much everything existing. So they will 
heal, they will blossom as you concentrate and focus on where you want to go. And this is going to create a beautiful life for you, for others, and our earth. And bring back the beauty of our planet will we'll dissolve and heal so many scars, physical scars, collective uh, scars, cultural scars. And the sun will shine or the stars. And again, also in Egypt, the dark, the lack of light, I could see the stars so well. And <laughs> my son pointed down into the sky. I remember on the drive back, said, oh, those are the three dots from Transformers. right? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's the Orion belt. And it was exactly in the night sky when we were down there. He saw it. When we came back, we could see it again as well. Oh, and today he right away went and looked at Transformers after he learned that these temples are seen. And he, what I didn't speak about yesterday, we saw the Habu temple, I think of Ramses the second, second, sixth, the violent one. And the one that loved war. And he that was the only film my son took, a short film video of a certain space. And when he turned on the movie and found the, the, the clips where Transformers were fighting, <laughs> it was exactly in that little thing, that he, in that space in front of those walls that he took pictures and a film off. And I thought, wow, that's not... By chance, first of all, we only were at three places, more or less. And there are so many in Luxor. And why did this young man take certain shots, recognize them right away in a screen, even though on a, in a movie it was cut together and he even recognized where they were cut together to create a certain feeling? Wow. So, oh, I have to look for that bond. I'm going to watch that bond and I'm going to watch, I think, all different... Tod of Dim Neil or Murder of on the Nile, you know, the old ones, and I think a brand new just came out, new one, and to take in that how others view these spaces. And maybe you have been there too. I would love to hear about, do share about that. I forgot to talk about that yesterday to invite you to bring your. Offenbarungen or what you realized, your realizations that you experienced when you were on these sites for now and the future. And again, uh, Egypt, these pyramids, they represent what was there already, the communication that has been gone on, the support we have from all realms and that we have exactly right now all that support. And here's a song. Yesterday, the kid didn't come a song. Uh, the crow was there, but... <laughs> and wow, well, there are the star nations bringing us the realization of how connected we are. And you're going to build on this realization and the knowingness that you're so connected and that you can channel the energy, the light through your body, that you can collaborate with that light. 
within you. So I wish all of you a fantastic year. Let it unfold. Be the best of who you are. Don't hold back. You have a great community here. Get in touch with all of us. Shed your light in all directions. Vertical up, vertical down, underground, up into the skies. And touch everyone you desire to touch. I'm Mylene, your host of Moving to Oneness podcast. Ooh, all that excitement. I wish you the best, most beautiful year. Bye-bye.